bless you. Tonight I want to talk about <clears throat> Mary, the mother of Jesus. The title of it is Mary, the talk of the town. There was an ad, uh, Bill Branch Chevrolet, the talk of the town. And it would come up on the end of it. Down, down. And I never heard that thousands of times, Bill Branch, Bill Branch Chevrolet. The talk of the town, well, that was in a good way, but in Mary's way, it was not a good way. Uh, she, uh, there was no woman in this uh, room would, would want what she had to deal with. Uh, they surely would want the honor that she had to deal with. But with honor, with before honor comes what? Humility. And brother, that girl, this old girl, a young girl at the time, of course, she got her dose of humility. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, 23. We're going to go over some familiar passages with you. Don't turn me off. Don't shut me off. I want to go over them in a little different way. And by the grace of God, the Holy Spirit will fill me. I'll give you something to take home about this area of Mary. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph before they came together, she was found, and they were a spouse. They were married. They were legally, contractually married. Interesting, and I don't have time, but I've been doing this on Wednesday night. Matthew is a, is the gospel to the Jews. Uh, you only find this story in Matthew like this uh, as well. There are certain things in Matthew that the Jews would understand, but the Gentiles would not understand it. Mary was a spouse of Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. Is there such a thing? Can you have a divorce privately when the girl's pregnant? I learned one thing. You can't hide pregnant. Amen, Hubert? Hubert's here tonight? Well, there you go. But you can't hide. When you see Mrs. Hubert, you say, pregnant. <laughs> but while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not, to take unto thee Mary thy wife. Though they were legally made, married, they had not consummated. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Ooh, we could have a spell that night, run around the room a couple times, call 911. I mean, I get to be saved from my sins. That's about the best news I've ever heard in my life, and the best news I ever will hear. You're not going to get better than that. I can be saved from my sins. Wow. That was his purpose. And all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Now he's going back. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted, God with us, the deity of Christ right there. Imagine with me tonight, Joseph and Mary. Imagine the error that they lived in, an error of modesty, an error of general, general morality, though men have never been moral. Uh, Mary and Joseph being from a family, godly people themselves, no doubt, and from a family of godly folks, uh, godly relatives. Imagine explaining to these relatives uh, what was done to her. Pregnant, out of marriage, out of wedlock. Joseph did not 
believe her, by the way. Don't give Joseph too much credit anymore. He's a man of like passion like you and I are. If you were in, in our Gentile manner, if we'd say we were engaged to a woman, and and um, before you got married, and or came together and got married, she uh, came up pregnant. Now, I've heard some wild stories. Married people come up with wild stories. I, I've had married people, I've had a, a woman, a uh, married woman come in with a black eye and try to tell me that she tripped stumbled and hit the doorknob with her eye. I was born yesterday. I wasn't born yesterday. But I mean, she, I said, now come on. Oh yeah, yeah, you can't believe it. True stranger in fiction. Well, later on it came out that he hit her. Gave her a black eye. But they come up with all these crazy, crazy stories to try to hide domestic trouble, domestic quarrel. Why? They're embarrassed about it. But no doubt she was pregnant. You can't hide that. Joseph himself did not believe it. Uh, God had to come to him by an angel in a dream, or he was uh, he was not going to buy into, I don't know if he had been told already or not, I'm just going to surmise he would already been told. An angel came to me and told me I was, the Holy Ghost was going to um, uh, cause me to be pregnant, and, and the, the child in me is supernatural, obviously. Never had they heard of anything like this happening before. Nobody had, and this is going to be God-man. And Joseph probably sat there like teenagers look at you when you're chewing on them. I mean, you know, he probably just looked at him like, wow, that is a wild story. That is wild. I don't know. He, he, I can tell you this. He, that was his brother. Uh, I can tell you this. He did not buy into it. He didn't buy into it. Try to make him holy all you want, but he didn't buy into it. He said, no, no. He's going to put her away. Now, he could. The only legal way of getting a divorce is the way the Jewish people would do it was before you come together. If you, they would have a, a legal contractual marriage, but then they wouldn't come together. Sometimes a year, year and a half, the guy would go home and get a house made for him and everything. He'd come back at any time unannounced, pick her up. They would have a big... You know, and then there would be consummation at, you know, at that place, and then it was sealed. The Bible's real clear. At cons after consummation, there's no breaking it up. What God has joined together, let no man divide asunder. So, but he hadn't. And so he could go file and undo those papers. By the way, she would have been um, able to marry someone else. Fine, with no sin. And he would have been able to marry somebody else with no sin. I mean, her being pregnant would have been a problem. But uh, Joseph didn't believe her. You know, uh, Holy Ghost got me pregnant without intercourse. I'm still a virgin, and I'm pregnant. Wow. Mm. You, know, you know, people count days. When you have a baby the first year of your marriage, had the Barrows, let's just say, gotten married in the first night of their honeymoon, she had conceived. It's a problematic thing when that happens, especially if you deliver the baby the eighth month because people count. They, they do it dis with discretion, of course. They ask questions like, exactly when were you married? What was the date on that? Or they'll say to the lady, how far along are you? Or... Uh, 
if your child's already born, they'll say, how old's your child? And, and what's your anniversary? They start wanting to add these things together. But and I, I can just tell you, if people are people and things are normal, Mary and Joseph's, both Mary and Joseph's relatives went wild. They went wild. Uh because she delivered in less than nine, less than uh, the nine, I mean, you know, they, the time they were married. He took her as his wife, but there was time lapse there, and they probably added it up. And goes, ooh, ooh. She was the literal talk of the town. Joseph was the talk of the town. Can you believe? I think the girls when when she walked by, their heads would go together. You know what that means, don't you? When two girls' heads go together, it ain't good. When she'd walk by, you know. That's where pregnant women walk, you know. She, how am I doing? <laughs> she'd walk by them and they'd put their head together and say, oh, can you believe it? Can you believe she's supposed to be some righteous little girl? And she's been out. She stepped out on him. And can you believe he married her anyway? I just can't believe it. You know, I wouldn't, of course. Do it. I'm not one to gossip. You didn't hear that from me. Uh, you know, you'd hear the old people go, what are these kids coming to? What are these kids coming to? Boy, I'll tell you, in our generation, we'd have never done that. When Mary walked through the town, the way the women, the women talked, uh, they're, oh, oh, the looks, the looks, the looks. She'd walk by them, you know, and they'd go, you know, I, don't, I can't do it. But, I mean, I have seen, I just give her the look, you know, like, you filthy thing, you I can't believe you did that. Why, well, he shouldn't have married you. Joseph deserved me. He didn't deserve some hussy. Uh, there were looks of disdain, self-righteous, moral women, men her with a, their, this illegitimate baby thing. I think it was scandalous. I think it was shameful. I think it was embarrassing. Uh, I think it, by the way, followed her to her grave. Uh, it haunted her socially. Uh, I know one thing, people have good, they have good memories. They have memories that will span 50, 60, 70 years, especially if you've done something wrong. Oh, they remember it. It makes them feel better that you failed. Uh, because when you fail, it makes them feel better. It makes them feel more righteous. Well, at least when I got married, we did it the right way. But what's, what... Is God doing? Have you ever asked yourself this whole situation here about Mary and Joseph? What is God doing? He's bringing his, his only begotten son into the world. You would think he'd want to bring it in impeccably. You'd want to bring him in where there was no possibility of accusation. That it was absolute impeccable. But that's not what you see on the introduction of the Son of God. You don't see that. You see there's all kinds of accusations and misunderstandings. And by the way, you can't. The more you try to explain it, the worse you get. I mean, if you try to tell the average person the Holy Ghost came on, 
I'm a wife before we came together and she conceived of the Holy Ghost and the seed which is in her is holy and is God meant. Come on. This will stop. The more you try to explain it, the worse it'll get. They didn't try. They, they would get, well, I'm sure they didn't try to explain it. They just trusted God on it. What's God doing? Well, I believe God is doing what he so often does and is a principle of his activity. Take your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And verse 26, 28, I think it's as clear anywhere in the Bible of God's principle of doing things. 1 Corinthians 1, 26, 28. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, are called. But God has chosen, and I want to say tonight, you folks. Wait a minute. God has chosen tonight, you folks, the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God has chosen the, you folks, the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And you folks, the base things of the world. And the things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, the things which are not to bring to naught the things that are. Did you get it? Do you get it? Look at this. Look what God does. Before Mary got pregnant, Elizabeth got pregnant, the mother of John the Baptist. She was too old to have children. If I ever did this, you would get all over me. If I ever described my wife the way John the Baptist's daddy described his, his wife, well stricken in years. How is Kathy? She's well stricken in years and past the time of childbearing. Way past the time of childbearing. God said, that ain't no trouble. I got no trouble with that. I like to do that. I like impossible things. I like foolish things, base things, things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. That's his method. He loves it. He loves it. Say it can't be done. I'll tell you what. There's none of us in this room would have brought our child into the world this way by choice. Uh, you know, the way Jesus with all of this talk. The Son of God? No. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was too young. I mean, if you want to say too young, at least the people in Alabama think it's too young. 14, 15 years old, you won't read a commentator that don't tell you that she was probably 15, 14. That was her normal way. 14, 15 years old. If you're going to have, you know, 10, 15 kids, you've got to start early. And... You know, Mary, the mother of Jesus, was you know a, a little a little young girl. Peter, I think, is the apostle. If you ask me, he was too dumb and simple to lead the apostles, but he was God's choice. If you ask me, nobody does. James and John, the sons of thunder, were too radical to be apostles of love. And represent a God of love. 
They, they, man, people didn't recognize Jesus. They said, hey, now let's just call fire down from heaven. We'll just destroy the whole body. They must have been independent, fundamental, Bible-believing Baptists. Jesus was, according to the world, too uneducated. Not positioned. Poor. To be any kind of a leader that would make a difference in the world. Paul was too formal. Too judgmental. Too harsh. To be used to reach the Gentiles. Of all people, the Apostle Paul, which was so, he said, according to the law, when I see him someday, I want to talk to him about this. He said, according to the law, blameless, preacher, blameless, according to the law. There's 613 commandments in Mosaic law. According to the law, blameless. And yet, God says, oh, you like all them dot and I's and cross and T's and, you know, regulations and doing everything. So you know who I'm going to send you to? I'm going to send you to a bunch of cattle worshiping, snake worshiping, Hercules worshiping, Greek mythology worshiping, heathen. And he said, I'm an apostle to the Gentiles. And he, was, and he, and he wasn't ashamed of it. That's God's way of doing something strange. And he'd send that boy to there. But he did. On and on the list could go. In my own life, I was far too unorthodox to ever be a pastor. I've actually been told that. Far too clumsy with words to last as a preacher. Far too outside of the normal and accepted structures. I remember when I went over to visit Bob, Bob and Carla Morris the first time. Remember, Bobby? And you said, boy, we're not used to this humor in church now. He, I took them back. Them first four or five sermons they, they spent in here, they were wondering whether to leave. Man, this guy's crazy. We never heard of humor like that. Humor, I don't mean to be humorous. You laugh. Only God knows. Only God knows. <laughs> but doesn't God love to use the unusable? Doesn't God love to use the base things? The things which are not? Doesn't God love to lift up the rejects? To use the things that are despised? Use the things that are cast off? Use the things that are base? I, I, he did it with Joseph and Mary. The story of Joseph and Mary is not him using the elite of the elite. The story of Joseph and Mary is him going down and using two nobodies. And then getting them started off with a bunch of scandalous rumor. Because you can't hide being pregnant. At the birth of Jesus at Bethlehem, God remained consistent in his methodology. God did not have his son, when his son was born in Bethlehem, recognized by the upper crust of the society. They didn't even get to know it. The upper crust, they didn't even get to know what was going on. Oh. No, no. He let the outside dwelling, rarely bathing, animal 
lovers, shepherds, here first. Now, brother, you know what a sheep smells like when they get wet, right? You've been around enough of them. They're nasty. I don't know about you as a kid. I had to bathe once a week. How many here had to bathe once a week whether you liked it or not? Raise your hand. Once a week. Once a Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There are not enough hands going up here. Was I raised in that low of an environment? I thought I was raised a little higher than that. We bathed about once a week. We didn't even have a shower. We had a tub that stood on four feet, and I was the third boy. The oldest went first, the second went second, and then I remember getting in, there was, I remember getting in and seeing that ring, and there was a film in the water. You'd kind of go, and it'd move, it'd move. You know, you step in that thing and that ring, and I thought I was going to come out worse than I went in. I remember my, my mother used to get behind me and grab my hair, and she said, nah, she used to hurt me, and she said, you make sure you rub real hard on that. Give me a washcloth, bar of soap, probably made from animal fat. And we'd rub that old thing, and, you know, she'd, I'd, do a, I'd do a terrible job. I didn't do a good job cleaning up because I didn't want to be clean. And uh, my mother would come in there, and it was, oh, brother, she'd grab my hair. I'll hurry. I'll be like, it's hurting, it's hurting, man. I'll shut up. You're dirty. I'd get out of the shower, get back in there. You're not, not out of the shower, the bath, the bathtub. And I remember my feet, right at my foot, your, your foot, foot, for some reason, gets dirty right there. And I remember her looking at that spot right there and saying, that ain't clean enough yet. So I'd have to get in there and soak. Now look, folks, these shepherds, they didn't have electricity. They didn't have hot water. They didn't have running water. It was hard to bathe. If it was cold in the winter, and it did get winter there, it was worse than hard to bathe. You had to heat the, heat the water? If you heated the water, it took wood and a lot of expenditure of, of labor to heat the water. Then you had to transfer the water over to some air, if they even heated it. Or if they just didn't get in there, boom, boom, in and out. God chose to reveal the birth of his precious son to that group of people. And they didn't have time to go get a bath. They stunk. Because they were outside. And I know this, if, you, if you're around a bunch of people that don't bathe, you don't smell them. It's true. If you're around people that don't bathe, you don't smell them. You, you, you're, you, don't, you don't know that you smell. My brother and I went fishing for three days out in a boat. I don't know if Tom was with us that time or not, but we went fishing three days, and we didn't bathe. We didn't jump in the water. I don't, there were sharks circling the boat. I just didn't want to jump in. And uh, we never we'd bathe three days. We were catching fish, getting slime on us, you know, rubbing it off a little bit. But we, I remember uh, uh, Lynn's mother picked us up. And when she picked us up, I mean, I thought we smelled fine, you know. I thought we were good. But when she picked us up, whew, roll down the window. Roll down that window. Roll down that window. It was like panic. Roll down all four windows. She said, oh, oh, the whole way at home. She says, oh, boys, you, you just stink, man. You smell like old fish, nasty fish. 
And I looked at Jim, he looked at me, and I said, I don't know what she's talking about. That was who he revealed the good news of the birth of his son to. But bigger than that, I think, is that fact that when Mary got, <clears throat> and I can't remember what the verbiage on that is, is to say, uh, large with child, huge with child, don't use huge, that's the guy over there. Uh, great with child, when she got great with child, she went down to Bethlehem from Nazareth. you know that's an 80-mile trip on a donkey? You ever been on a donkey? It's not an easy ride. You know, they manage that big old, she probably side saddle. And she had to go on that donkey for 80 miles. God did that. Didn't make it easy on her. God did that. She had to ride some 80 miles down to Bethlehem because there was a census by the government. Now you realize they were set up to have the baby up there in Nazareth. Except probably they understood Micah 5 too. I don't know whether they did or not. That he had to be born in Bethlehem as a Messiah. In Micah 5 2, it predicts where he's going to be born exactly. Bethlehem, Ephrata. And so they probably said, but as the time, they, they go down there. Now, when, they're, when they go that 80 miles, they get down there. They got no place to birth this kid. You say, well, they must have had relatives. If they did, they were crummy. Because if they had relatives, none of them invited them in. I don't think they had relatives down there that were, like, cared about them. Because if they had any kind of relatives, they'd have said, man, girl, you're ready to give birth here. Uh, you know, whoo, you come on in our place here. And the girls would have all jumped up and started heating the water. And, and getting the towels and, and uh, throwing the men out and, and saying, we're going to have, you know, have a, have a, a birth in here. I've watched enough Westerns. <laughs> she gives birth in a stable. Oh, the little cute Lord Jesus in a nice, clean little manger. I can tell you, you ain't been on no farm. Farms stink. Stink, stank, stunk. They don't smell. I, I, I saw a news report a while back where these, uh, these uh, yuppies who made a lot of money, they had the idea that they'll go outside their city and they'll buy a farm and it'll be really idyllic, you know. They'll be able to stand a farm. They went out and visited those farms and they were like, man, these things smell. Animals smell. Yeah, they smell. Guess what they do all night? Poop. <laughs> That's right. And they mess. And, and, and uh, one of the dirtiest places in your whole farm will be where those animals congregate. And where they stay for very long. You have to work on cleaning. The guy that built that college you went to invented some way of getting rid of that stuff automatically. And he was become a multimillionaire because otherwise it was just... It was, uh, you know, you're my tie hair. But I mean, and so I'm thinking of this place where she, where this, where this child was born. There's animal feces. There's animal smells. There's animal sounds. There are rats. There are rats. There are mice. Why? Because they're where I live. Everywhere. There are ticks. There are bugs. There are roaches. There are fleas. 
There are flies. Oh, you know there's flies, brother. Flies love. There's no running water. There's no AC, no, no heat. Uh, normally this place is, is probably cleaned, no doubt, but not well cleaned, not sterilized, it appears. And so, so Mary comes into this place where evidently they don't have any friends uh, to speak of. And they, they go to the inn, and the guy gives them the place where the animals go. And a manger, by the way, is the place where the animals feed. It's a stone thing cut out about half, like a, a log cut in half. It can be wood. And they put food in there, and they put water in there, and let those animals drink and eat out of it. They cleared one of them out and put Jesus in that, the creator of all that is. Wow. Humble. 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 Luke chapter 2, take your Bibles if you would. Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read a lengthy passage here because I want you to get to, after saying all that, I want you to read this with that in mind. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. The glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. <laughs> they thought it was the end of the world. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, worldwide impact. For unto you, and I wrote, him, I wrote here, base people. Unto you, base people. Is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, that you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a feeder, a manger. And suddenly there was an angel and a multitude of heavenly Oh, host, praising God and saying. Now, I may have this wrong, but I don't think angels are ever recorded singing. There may be one place in the Bible that's is slightly referred to an angel singing, but it doesn't seem to be so. I believe singing is for the saints. But they're saying and praising God, and there's what they're saying. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. And it shall come to pass as the angels were going away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another <laughs> uh, when the blood came back, let us now go unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord has made known unto us. They came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a feeder, a manger. Now I got to ask a question, how did they find him? That's a bit, I mean, Bethlehem's not big, but it, it's, it can't be that easy. God led them. God led them there. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Yeah, you would. Because how believable would it be? How believable would that shepherd's story be? How believable would that be? But Mary kept all these things, pondered them in her heart. She kept a lot of stuff. And the shepherds returned and glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. And it was, it was told in them. God chose these men, these shepherds, humble men, hardworking men, poor men, not socially accepted men, not highly educated men, not clean men, to witness the, uh, the very witness of the angels of, of heaven praising God, to witness the king of kings face to face, to first be the ones to see the long-promised one, the Savior, first mentioned 
almost 4,000 years before that time in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, when, he, when, when it was told to Eve, uh, from you is going to come one that is going to crush the serpent's head. Called the Proto-Evangelium, the first mention of the Christ that was to come to save the world. The first mention of hope. We weren't going to be stuck in this cycle of death. Mentioned again to Moses and Israel in Deuteronomy 18.15, The Lord thy God will raise up thee a prophet from midst of thee, and of thy brethren like unto thee unto him, ye shall hearken. In Acts chapter 3, it says in verse 21, Whom the heavens must receive unto the times of restitution of all things, whom God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. And then he quotes, of course, the verse that I just read to you, in Deuteronomy 18.15. Acts chapter 7. Stephen talks about Moses again. The prophet, he quotes again Deuteronomy 18. Over and over and over again, they mention about, he says that all the prophets, and from that word, all the prophets, years ago, I did a sermon on the scarlet thread through the Bible. And I made an, an endeavor to memorize every book of the Old Testament and, and where, how Jesus was referred or, or uh, pictured in each one of those books in all 39 books. It's nothing new. It's been done for a long time because according to the, the sermon there in Acts that Christ has been predicted from Genesis and Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and all the way down through the, the book of Malachi until he was born. Who did God... Show this great event that was, was some 4,000 years expected. It's a bunch of humble shepherds. It's a bunch of humble shepherds. This is God's holy son. Isaiah 7.14 says, Therefore the Lord himself shall show you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel. That verse is referred to in Matthew chapter 1, verse 22, which we read earlier tonight. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophets, saying, Behold, a virgin shall conceive, shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and shall uh, call his name, call, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Now, there's no better way of interpreting Scripture than with Scripture. And at 7.14 of, of uh, Isaiah was fulfilled in Matthew and in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ through Mary. It's interesting, that, and I don't have time tonight to get into the different Hebrew words and Greek words for describing Mary. This is God's holy son. Ignominious circumstances around his conception. Ignominious parents, if I may say it that way, who were poor. Ignominious place of birth in a stable. Ignominious recognition by simple shepherds. Ignominious lineage. Jesus' lineage was Tamar, an immoral woman who had immoral relationships with her father-in-law. That is rarely done even among the Gentiles. Rahab, the what? 
You'd think that's her last name. No, that's not her last name. But we've said it so much, you put it on her. Rahab the harlot. Ruth, a Moabitess, not even a Jew. Now, Moabite in the history of Israel, they, they weren't too good for Israel. Moabite, no. That was the lineage. Lineage, Tamar, Rahab, Ruth. And let's end it well. Bathsheba. Which it says in, in the lineage is the wife of Uriah, not of David. Now look, that's who that's the lineage God chose for his son. You know when it says in Corinthians there, when I read you that passage, that's God's method. Choosing the humble, the base, the foolish, the non-normal. To bring to nothing the things that are. Why? I got an answer for you and I want you to look it up. And I'll finish with this. Luke chapter 16 verse 15. This is why God does what he does and did what he did. And why there's hope for you and me tonight. In, in Luke 16, 15, And he said unto them, Ye are of they which justify yourselves before men, but God knoweth your hearts. The part I want to emphasize is this part. For that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Isaiah 55, 8 confirms that. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. The older I get in Christ, the less I understand why he chose me. I think I got it, but I don't have it. The God we serve. Wow. If you're a follower of Jesus, I can guarantee you some things. I can guarantee you like Joseph and like Mary and like all those who really like the apostles, you're going to be out of place in this world. You're going to be out of place. You're never going to get to the higher echelon and going to be respected by the toady, toady toy. That is actually a word. I looked at toady toy. The hoity toy. The toady toy. Ask Siri. I'm going to end with one more verse. And then maybe that another verse. But anyways, this one. John 15, verse 18 to 19. If the world hates you, Jesus' words, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. If you're looking to be important in this world, you're never going to make it with God. You're not going to make it. You're not going to do well. You're not going to do well. If you got to have the things of this world and what they offer, you're going to have to make a choice. Don't be surprised when people slam doors in your face and when you give them a, a, a Merry Christmas, they 
They tell you, they, they, they give you some snarl or some look. Mary got those looks. Mary heard those snarls. Mary heard all. Listen, you're not getting anything different than other Christians haven't gotten all these centuries. Because when you receive the Spirit of God, you receive a Spirit that's contrary to everything this world stands for. The temporalness of this world and what they think is important is literally despised by God Almighty. Yeah. And it's not going to last. Amen? The birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. was on this wise. And he chose that banner and that practice and those people. And you know what? That gives me hope. You heard me say for years, I'm an old junkyard dog, that Jesus reached way down and saved. I'm never going to be anything in my own eyes, I hope. But I was something in his eyes, enough to save me and to call me, and you are too. And God wants to do for you what he did to Mary and Joseph. And all them people that have come and gone in the world that thought they had a name for themselves and they had arrived, nobody knows who they are, what their name is, and by the way, they don't even care. But they do know, and this time of the year, they do know about Joseph. And they do know about Mary. And they do know those nameless, aimless shepherds. I don't know them by name. It was God's not God's will to put them out, put their names out there. But man, they got to see it. Now you say the Magi. Well, the Magi. The Magi did come later. And in my study and stuff, they don't know how long it was. Five months after the birth. And it was probably, it was not to the stable here. It was to a house where they were living. And the Magi came. It could have been five months after the birth of Christ. It could have been less. But it, was, it could have even been up to a year. Nobody knows exactly what the time frame was. But God had his son honored by the, by the rich people of the world, didn't he? They, bought him, they brought him gold in honor of his deity. They brought him frankincense. And they brought him myrrh. Myrrh is, has, is typical with, has association with death. In the gold, frankincense, and myrrh literally was the prophecy of what was going to happen to that little, that little boy. He would be the Savior of the world. Well, I'm glad to be associated with Jesus tonight. I'm glad, I'm glad just to be on his team. I hope you are too. We rejoice in this time of year. And this world never is going to get good. It's never going to get good. But we're going to just keep proclaiming the good news that Jesus saves sinners, of whom... Paul said, I'm chief. Father, help us tonight. Give us wisdom as we re-examine the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ and some circumstances around it. Help us understand the principle that you verbalized in 1 Corinthians. And Lord God, help us not to get think higher than we ought to think of ourselves. God forbid we do that. We'd not think higher than we should. But that we would understand that it's everything that we have or ever will be is because of you. I pray, Father, that you'd save some folks, maybe in this room, even tonight, that would say, I want this Christ, this Son of the living God, to be my Savior.
Why don't you say yes to him? You've been battling it. You've been fighting it. You've been rolling it over. Why don't you just say yes to Jesus tonight? Maybe as a Christian, you've not been, as I said this morning, honoring the King of Kings in the manner he's worthy. Your life has been partially given, a little given. God, does, Boy, God doesn't do well with that. God's kind of all or nothing. Give him everything. Hold nothing back. And you'll be glad you did. Father, help us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.